0: okay y'all what is going on this is your man l jamal coming through with another edition of never out of bounds uh this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts like i said this is gonna be the uh sports report uh, so i will be filling up uh, filling you guys up on the recent news and action that's going on in the sports world starting with some college basketball i also plan on discussing some nba news as well and uh finally wrapping it up with some uh baseball talk as well we have some manny machado news but let's right into it, like I said, with some college basketball, and we'll be going over the most recent top 25 scores from last night. Uh, We're going to be starting off with number 5, Tennessee, getting it done against Vanderbilt. 58-46 to is the final score there. Uh, Tennessee, uh, it's getting back on the right track since it's lost Saturday uh, to number 4, Kentucky. Uh, So, they are back on the winning trail. Uh, They uh, asked for stats. Uh, We're going to start off with Vanderbilt. They were helped out by their two forwards. Not a lot of scoring from them, uh, but again, uh, they got help from Aaron Na- uh, Smith, 13 points, 5 rebounds, and also 3 assists. Also, their other forward, uh, Simmonsola Chetou, he had 9 points and 6 rebounds. For Tennessee, they were helped out by their forward as well, Grant Williams. He had 14 points and 11 rebounds. He also got, got help from their guard, Lamonte Turner. Uh, he had 12 points and 5 rebounds. For uh, Vanderbilt, this has been a, a long, hard season for them. Uh, they moved down to 9 and 17. Tennessee, like I said, rights the ship. This is only their second loss of the year. They are sitting twenty-four and two, and like I said, at number five in the nation. Uh, moving on, we got uh, Purdue uh, losing to Indi- uh Sorry, Purdue winning against Indiana. Uh, they maintained their number fifteen spot in the nation. That being Purdue, uh, they get that win, uh, uh, forty-eight. Excuse me, to forty-seven. Uh, we also got number twenty-four Maryland getting it done against number twenty-one Iowa, sixty-six to sixty-five. We are going to break this one down as well for maryland they were led by their guard anthony cowan he had 17 points eight rebounds and three assists they also got uh they also got help from their forward bruno fernando he had a double double 11 points 11 rebounds here as for iowa they were helped out by two of their guards Uh, they had uh for one they had help from jordan bohannon 14 points, four rebounds, and three assists. And also Isaiah Moss. He had 12 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, so moving on, we also got some action, uh, some ACC action. Uh, Florida State, number 16 in the nation, was able to get it done last night against Clemson, 77 to 64, uh, making their case for March Madness. We also got a win from number four Kentucky, 66 to 58 over Missouri. And finally, we got Baylor, uh, who is unranked at the moment, getting somewhat of a mild up. Upset against number nineteen Iowa State, seventy-three to sixty-nine is going to be the final score there. Uh, for Baylor, they were helped out tremendously by their guard Jarrett Butler. He had seventeen points, six uh, six rebounds, and also five assists. Uh, they also were helped out by their forward, Freddie Gillespie. He had 14 points and 10 rebounds, so a solid double-double there. And also, uh, Makai Mason, their other guard, uh, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists from him. And for Iowa State, of course, as usual, they were led by guard, Mario Shayok, straight out of Canada, 23, uh, 20 points, 3 rebounds, and also 2 assists. They also helped out by their other guard, Lindell Liginton, 10 points and 2 assists off the bench. Uh, Bailey goes 17-9 and on the year. Iowa moves, uh, Moves up, to, moves down to uh, 19 and seven. Uh, as for Maryland and Iowa, I forgot forgot about their uh, records at the moment. My bad. Uh, they are uh, Maryland is at 20 and six. Iowa is. I'm sorry. Uh, Maryland is at 20 and seven. Iowa is at 20 and six. All right, y'all. So let's go through these top 25. Of course, it changes. It updates weekly based on wins and losses. Of course, uh, just like with the college, with the pro game. Uh, but let's get right into it. Uh, number 25, we have Buffalo. sitting there at 23 and 3 at number 24 we just dissect them uh, we have Maryland up there at 20 and uh, sorry 20 and 6 we also got Kansas State up here at 20 and 6 as well uh, at 23 at 22 we have Wisconsin Uh, they are at 18 and 8 their last game was a win uh, 64 58 versus Illinois they are currently 10 and 5 in the big 10 which is good enough for 4th and they do have a pretty good defense they are ranked Ninth overall nation, they only allow sixty-one point two points a game, so they're looking pretty solid going into tournament time as well. Uh, maybe they could even challenge in that uh, in that in that conference tournament as well because Michigan State uh, we've seen them drop a few games. Uh, Michigan can drop a, a game as well. Uh, those two teams are not necessarily offensive powerhouses, and uh, Wisconsin plays some some some, some defense, so uh, they might have a good chance. Uh, at twenty-one, we have Iowa. Uh, we talked about them as well. Uh, they are at 20 and six. I'm sorry. Maryland is at 20 and seven uh, up there at 24. Uh, Iowa is at 20 and six at 21 at 20. We have Virginia at 20. We have Virginia Tech sitting there pretty also at 20 and six as well. At 19, we have Iowa State Uh, recently just uh, talked about them as well. Uh, They are currently 19 and seven. We have number 18 Louisville, who's currently stands at 18 and eight. Villanova is at 17 at 20 and six. At 16, we have Florida State, who is also at 20 and 5. Uh, they are 12 and 1 at home. they currently won 7 in a row, and they are 8 and 4 in their conference, uh, which is good enough for 5th. And they are 42nd in defensive rating. 95 uh, right now, which is pretty solid. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when it, when you hear defensive rating, uh, what that pretty much means is every game that they play is pretty much a good uh, defensive. Just, well, on their end, uh, they end up winning by a significant margin. So that defense. Defense Looks pretty well Uh, again. They they are not necessarily like I said in the driver's seat to win that that uh, conference or anything like that. But I think when it comes to tournament time, even uh, conference tournament time, uh, things do kind of go haywire. And I think Florida just has one of those teams that could shock maybe one or two teams. I don't think it wins and beats a Duke or anything like that. uh, But it can it could probably shock a, a Virginia team that can only score about 60 points a game. Uh, moving on we got number 14 Texas Tech they are sitting pretty at 21 and five we got at 13th uh, LSU they are 21 and five Four. at twelve we have Kansas currently sitting at twenty and six. At eleven we have Marquette. They are at twenty one and four, representing the Big East. At ten we have Michigan State twenty one and five. Here comes Houston at number nine. They are currently at uh, t- currently at twenty five and one. Uh, they are one of the more Cinderella darlings of their season, uh, being that they come from the American Conference and they ha- I've never seen them ranked this high before. Of course, their strength of schedule uh, they get. Really no props for that because their conference is really uh well considered to be weak. Uh but they did win their last game 85 to 50 against Tulane. They are 12 and 1 within their conference and they have a the fifth ranked defense. They only allow 60.3 points a game, uh, which is solid. Uh, I don't know how well they perform in tournament time. Again, uh their strength of schedule leaves a lot to be desired in my opinion. Uh, but they I do believe they do have a win uh against At least two top 25 opponents to start this year off. Uh, Moving on, we have number seven, Michigan. They are currently standing at 23 and 3. Next up at six, we have Nevada at 24 and 1. We also have Tennessee at 24 and 2. Like I said, uh, their last game uh, was a, well, they won last night against Vanderbilt, uh, but they also took a loss on Saturday against Kentucky, 69 at Kentucky, 69 to 86. But they are still uh, first in the SEC, 11 and one conference record so far. Uh, look for them, in my opinion, uh, to probably to to eat it to eat the the conference out. Uh, they do have some competition from Kentucky, uh, in my opinion. Uh, that was a really cl- uh, close game that they played. Uh, Kentucky is looking like it wants to challenge, but I. I I like I like Tennessee's game I like the off their offensive output I'd really trust them to outscore their opponents uh, unlike a lot of these a lot of these teams like Michigan and maybe even Michigan State so I still like their chances to win their conference I even like the chances within the tournament uh, moving on uh, we have uh, number three Virginia 23 and two at two we have Gonzaga at 25 and two if I'm not mistaken they won 19 in a row they have a long a long uh, winning streak as well and at number one the uh, the new number one, uh, the new number one, is going to be Duke. They are currently 23 and two. They are the only undefeated team on the road, standing at six six and zero. They've currently won nine in a row, and their last win was a 94 to 78 win versus North Carolina State. And they're currently 11 and one in the ACC, uh, which is high i think for one of the top spots with virginia uh they are currently fourth in scoring 86.4 points uh, per game they're also fourth in defensive rating and they're also eighth in the strength of schedule department so uh, not only do you have good stats they're playing against some of the best teams in the nation i like the way they look they're looking to be in my opinion looking to be a tournament favorite. Um, yeah, yeah, they they've they've uh battled back to their number one spot. Uh, for those of you you keep hearing me saying the word tournament, of course, uh, it's March Madness time coming up. Uh, well, for those of you who don't know, I'll fill you in. Uh, at a certain point in the college basketball season, this is there is a playoff. Uh, there is it's called March Madness, and that's how we determine uh the national champion, the best of sixty four teams or sixty. Eight, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, actually, sixty-nine because there's a play-in game. Uh, so yes, uh, the tournament will be coming up uh, sometime in March, early March. Uh, but there's already a few locks. We're gonna, we're not gonna talk too much about the people that we already know that we know are in uh anybody within the top 25 i would say are in specifically the top 10 so of course that includes duke houston kansas villanova and marquette uh we're not going to break them down because we've already uh i've already broken down any team within the top 25 at some point this season i'm going to more so focus on the team at this point i'm going to focus on some today at least i'm going to focus more on the teams along the bubble uh we'll be talking about some more bubble teams in the future again i'll get into some future Uh, Some future locked in picks, Uh, of course, we'll break them down, but I definitely wanted to talk about the teams on the bubble. And for those of you who do not know that that, uh, terminology, all that means is on the bubble, Uh, to be on the bubble is you could be in the playoffs, you could not be in the playoffs. We need time to tell. Uh, I'm going to break some of these, a few of these teams down where they're at right now what they need to do to make uh, the tournament, and whether or not I think they're capable of doing it. So we're going to break down a few of those teams, and also one team that's already eliminated itself from the playoffs, so from March Madness. So let's get right into it, of course, uh, with my on-the-bubble teams right now. Uh, starting off, we have St. John's. They are currently 19-7. and 7. Uh, However, they are 7-6 and 6 in the Big East, which is good enough for third. And for what it's worth, they are 3-1 and against Marquette and three uh, Villanova, two of their more prominent big east rivals also they are going to be two teams that they could possibly play within the tournament if they're able to make it uh currently they're uh, 227th on defense allowing 73.2 points a game uh with that being said i think there's a good chance they do make the tournament um Outside of a game against an early game against Marquette or or a later game against a later game against Marquette or Villanova, so on and so forth, two teams that that I know that they can do well against that that seventy three point two points a game is not looking great to me. Uh, I'm not I'm not buying that Uh, that offense. uh, If you look at the stats, these a little bit more to be desired. So I'm not I'm not saying that they don't make. The, uh, the tournament, I just don't think they have a great run this year, but um, again, I still think they make it, again, they just don't look to be that consistent to me, um, but that 3-1 record against Marquette and Villanova, two top 25 teams, uh, two teams that are more than likely going to be battling for the top spot within the conference, that is something good to look at if they're going to be playing one of those two guys in the tournament, but I don't think they're going to be playing those guys right away. I don't think they have enough defensive uh, firepower to to really stop teams in the tournament. Uh, So I think they make, I personally think St. John's probably makes it I personally think they take a first-round exit, though. Uh, Moving on, we have North Carolina State. They are currently at 18-8. They are 6-7 in conference play. They have an easy remaining schedule. Uh, They have two games at Boston College, and they also have winnable games at Wake Forest and Georgia Tech. And this is all coming after a game, a role game, against Florida State, which should be their hardest, which will be their hardest game uh, within their remaining schedule. But with that being said, it is a it is a winnable game. Uh, they are currently uh they are they currently average seventy point nine points a game. Again, a little bit suspect on defense. I think they they personally, in a situation like St. John's, I think they purposely make the tournament. Uh, I just don't think that they, they go that far just because of, just because they don't really play well on defense and they're not consistent enough on offense. If you look at their offensive rating, it's not really high. They're not consistently outscoring opponents by a significant margin. Uh, a lot of their games are really close margins. A lot of missed shots on that team, uh, that shooting percentage. If you look at some of their shooting percentages across the board, they're uh, not really good. And this is a team that uh, was able uh, was was able to only put up uh, 40 points a couple weeks ago about a week ago. Uh, so uh, Very very suspect on offense. I think they make the, they make the, they can make the tournament It will be a little bit difficult. Well, no, no, no uh, they, they could they, they should be able to get there with some relative ease after the Florida State game But again, I don't see them making a, a, a long run uh, Moving on we have Arizona State. They're currently standing at 17 and 8. They do have a win against Kansas earlier this year Year, and they're currently sitting th- uh, third in the Pac-12. Uh, with that being said, uh, they could—they're definitely, in my opinion, a lot more more along the lines of a of a lock right now. Um, they just pretty much have to win out. The Pac-12 has been it has been off and on like it, it'll it's it's eating each other alive, just like they like they did in the football in the football in the football world this year. The Pac-12 conference has eaten itself alive. Uh, they've been pretty. There's not really been any real uh margin for error between, both te- uh, between any teams, really. Uh, however, uh, the most g- important game is going to be coming up on the 28th of this month. They will be going to Oregon. Uh, they'll be facing my Ducks. Let's see how that game goes. They will pretty much, in my opinion, if they can get past that game, I pretty much can see them finishing undefeated to finish the season. Uh, The question for them is what seeing that they put them at and really how far do they go? Uh, again, this is another... Another defensively lacking team, seventy point. Uh, I'm sorry, seventy four points allowed in the game. Uh, a lot of these powerhouses are going to be like Duke, even you know Tennessee are going to be scoring way more than that. I don't see how they match up against those teams in the playoffs. But uh, in terms of getting there, in terms of winning their uh, in the conference, the Pac-12. I see that uh, they're one of the better teams in the Pac-12 offensively, but defensively, have a lot to be desired. And again, just like the first three teams that I have talked about, defense is and, and 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 the reason why you know I I bring up the defense with these three teams specifically is because they they pretty much have lacked it at various points in the season, and it's and it's uh, affected them. So uh, we're gonna move on to my last team on the bubble. We have Minnesota. They are currently seven and eight in conference play. They have an eighteenth strength of schedule. Uh, their last game was a win uh, a win against Indiana, 89-63, and they also host Michigan tonight. Uh, I don't know if they get that win. Uh, they currently are. They just got to. They're not even at 500 in conference play yet. Um, not. And, and the thing about their strength of schedule is. It's a legit strength of schedule. So, you know, if they just, if for a year like this where the talent just did not come together, uh, they're definitely in the definition of a bubble team. Uh, they had a few, they've had some good games this year. Uh, no real significant upsets though. Uh, so the committee is probably going to look at that uh, and say, you know, they're going to, Probably give them a ne- a, few, a couple negative points for that. Uh, a win against Michigan would help, but I think uh, honestly, they of uh, the three teams, they might be more so looking on the outside in terms of tournament play. They would definitely uh, a win against Michigan would definitely help though. Uh, but one team that I that we do know is out of the race. I'll let you. I'll put you in. Uh, put you up on them right now. Indiana, they're gone. They're not ranked at the moment. They are currently 13-13 and 13 overall, 4-11 in the Big Ten, which is pretty much last place, if I'm not mistaken. Their last game, of course, I told you guys about that, a 48-46 to 46 loss versus Purdue, five straight home losses. Uh, there is a small chance to finish in the playoffs if they finish uh, undefeated. That will pretty much give them an at-large bid. Don't worry about what that the term, at-large bid, means. Just know that they are, that would make them, uh, possibly playoff eligible there's no guarantee that if they win the rest of their games that they're even in the playoffs so for now we're going to count indiana out it's been unfortunate uh so much history rides with that team uh but as of today they are not going to participating in march madness y'all. all right so i'm going to take a quick break and i'll be going over to some nba uh news like i said i'll be talking to some Knicks, and then i'll also be going over the nba standings as well at this point we're just we're just wrapping up with the All-Star we just wrapped up with All-Star weekend so we're going to uh, take a quick peek at these uh at these standings right now and like I said we're going to finish everything off with some Manny Machado and we'll be previewing a little bit of some spring training uh baseball so we'll be right back y'all all right Alright y'all, I am back and like I said, I'll be going over some NBA talk uh, right now and of course, uh, let me just get right into it. Uh, There is a very, uh, very Good possibility that next year New York, uh, the Knicks, for that matter, uh, will be well, could be a, a star-studded team. Now we already know about the trade recently with Kristaps Porzingis uh, shipping them out to Dallas in order to clear up some cap space. Apparently, uh, they have space for two or three uh, max uh, max deal guys, which is outrageous. I uh, was not expecting this. Uh, so there is of course speculation. Uh, there's always the uh but- well, the the, the low hanging uh low hanging uh talk out there with uh, Anthony Davis and or well, not Anthony Davis but uh Kyrie and Kevin Durant possibly wanted to uh move to New York. Apparently, they are good friends. They've kind of talked about this already. Uh, New York definitely, like I said, they've created the space. Um, you know, within their uh their salary cap to make room. Like I said, for up to three guys. Now the question is, who could that third guy be? Well, there's coming out the woodwork now that there might be some interest, at least on the New York end for Nath Anthony Davis. Now, this name, of course, you know, uh, AD, you know, his, his name has been linked up with the Lakers. So has Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, however with that being said it's looking like there's a good possibility that these guys might all want to play you know on their own little squad uh looks like the LeBron James uh you know the period of his of his influence over you know free agents is 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 dwindling Uh, I think there's a there's some some sort of uh interest I think there's a lot of interest from Anthony Davis but it looks to me like that's that, that that that's to be it. Uh, Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has already said has already said uh, he does not mind play. Well, he he would love to play in L. A. But he would not mind playing for the Clippers. Uh, I've also heard that said about um. I oh, know not a D. Uh, but I think uh also Anthony Davis as well. Like they both have uh they don't have a a, a problem with playing in L. A. Uh, neither one of those guys. But the the. The question is, will they just want to play for the Lakers and with lebron uh so this is a very interesting question of course uh this was brought this topic topic was brought up by Chris Broussard over there at e s p n himself uh you know so it's I say it has some traction. Of course, they claim that they have all these different sources and uh, people coming to them. I'm not going to question that. So when I hear it, uh, I I think there is some truth to be said about it. I do know for a fact that a lot of players uh, will not. Well, there's a few uh, that we do know of the superstars out there that would not be uh, interested in playing with LeBron. There might be some out there that we don't know about because they're not. They're not bragging about it. They're not talking about it. Uh, but we do know there's a couple. It looks like Kyrie is one of those guys, in my opinion, uh, Kevin Durant as well. So it would not surprise me to see those two guys end up in New York uh, if Kevin Durant really wants to leave. The question is, does he really want to leave? He's been going back and forth. Uh, I know uh, about a week ago he was, you know, giving me the, the real What's the word here? The really emotional response. He got all up in his feelings, you know, called the media out. Uh, Now he's being low key, Uh, you know, just saying like it is, you know, I want to be in Golden State. Oh, I just want to talk about basketball at the moment. That's pretty much where he's at right now. That don't mean he's not talking to nobody. That don't mean he's not texting nobody, especially knowing this guy. He could be texting uh, Kyrie right now as as we speak. Uh, trying to set something up so we won't know until the offseason, and of course you have boston interested in some in some ad as well uh, So they're gonna probably make their pitch of course la is gonna probably make another offer But uh, it's looking to be very hard for la uh, right now in terms of getting uh, the free agents that they want uh, I mean, especially if anthony davis is not if that if that deal ends up falling through Then we're looking at a very tough situation for the lakers moving into the, into the future so a they have to get somebody. I don't know who they get, uh, but they're going to have to get somebody. And Reggie Bullock, uh, you know, he he's not enough right now. Uh, he's a good player, good, solid addition for offense, and he could play some defense as well. But, of course, the whole goal was to get one of these superstar guys. Uh, so the question is, is LeBron rubbing these guys the wrong way? Why would they not want to play with him? Uh, I, you know I can't answer that per se. Uh, he's only really played with Kyrie so I can see Kyrie not really wanting to be uh, bothered with it uh, But if it was me personally opportunity to play with the best player on the, on the planet uh, You know sign me up uh, there must be some I mean There must be some truth to his you know the style of play in which uh, he goes by and and just how it affects the You know entire team around him because for what it's worth uh, Rodney Hood is a prime example of this and I you know, just looking at the stats right now, stats don't lie. Uh, Rodney Hood uh, did, performed pretty well before LeBron James, averaging about 18 points a game. And now uh, that he's not around, of course, he's ended up uh, being traded to Portland. I haven't really looked at his stats since he got traded out to Portland. But uh, Rodney Hood was actually averaging just about the same amount of points after LeBron James left, which is about 18 to 16 points a night. So uh, definitely he uh, players, like, uh, players like Rodney Hood are affected by LeBron James' system. I can't say anybody else on a star level because look at what Dwayne Wade was able to do, and of course I think um there's much to be said about Chris Bott's role and maybe uh Kevin Love's role about how they were changed up, uh but. I, I think for what it's worth, uh, you know, I, I think Kevin Love, for, for his sake, he wanted to change just as much as he needed to change for the system. I think uh, a, a a strong uh, presence from Kevin Love in the paint, two strong bodies in the paint would have helped Cleveland out a lot too. I don't know what LeBron's ego is looking like in terms of that, Uh, but I don't think necessarily Kevin uh, – I think Kevin Love uh, did a lot of changing to his style uh, as opposed to him having to change or, you know, he meant being forced by LeBron to change. So uh, it's a very, some very interesting dynamics there. But of course, uh, New York, like I said, they have an opportunity for the first time to have some real superstars there. So what do they do with them? Uh, that's going to be the big question. And if they, you know, how are they going to go about getting them? Uh, they, they definitely have a cap space. So um, looking at it. It's a it's a up and up for them if they're able to pull things off. It's, they definitely are looking on the up and up. Uh, moving on, we're gonna go through these standings real quick. Uh, no real action to talk about. No real games to talk about. Of course, uh, all star game is just ended. Oh, all star games. We had those over the weekend. There will be some action coming. There will be some action tonight. Uh, we will go over that in the subsequent future. Uh, we, we will we'll, we'll be going back to the games in the subsequent future. But for now, let's just go through these standings. Uh, we are at that kind of halfway point in the season uh let's go through the east real quick we got the bucks on top 43 and 14 of course they've been leading the east for at least a couple a couple weeks now uh definitely in the top position in any power uh, any power rankings right now uh really solid team uh they've been eight and two if i'm not mistaken in the last 10 just winning a lot of ten, uh, games giannis uh is becoming a beast and he's and he's uh developing right in front of us so that's a good thing to see at number two we have the Raptors 43 and 16 I'll be the first to tell you that I'm surprised I did not think that that, uh, the Kawhi trade would would help them out a lot uh but it has they're still right in in the driver's spot just uh I would say a couple games behind, a uh, game and a half, maybe a game and a half behind uh, the Bucks right now. Uh, it's really solid in their last, their last, uh, the last ten as well. And that's something you need to look at, especially for a for uh, for sports like baseball, basketball, where it's a long drawn out season. Look at that, look at that, the te- look at the team's uh, last ten record. Uh, that'll pretty much give you an idea of how well they're doing. Like I said, I-, I talked about this a long time ago with baseball. If you look at their last ten games and you and just Consistently seeing eight and two, seven and three, uh, maybe even six and four, that team is more than likely going to have a, a a considerable winning record. They're going to be over five hundred. Again, if you're seeing five and five in the last ten, four and six in the last ten, three a uh, losing record within the last ten consistently. You're going to look at a team more than likely that's going to have a losing record. But moving on, um, the Raptors are looking really good right now. So are the Bucks. Uh, We also have at number three the Pacers still keeping things moving. Um, Victor Oladipo is out for them. I'm not too sure for how long. Uh, it might even be like a season-ending ending injury. Uh, but they are still performing well. They have a third seed right now. And I'd be looking out if I was somebody like the Celtics or even the Sixers. You know, I'd be – Again, I wouldn't want to see one of these two. I would not want to see the Pacers in the playoffs. And with just the way that the Celtics have looked, the Sixers have looked, uh, they, they don't look well they look they look just as good as they were last year. Uh and that's and that to me is probably the issue. Uh the Pacers look so much so much far removed in my opinion from those teams no drama they're hungry they're scrappy uh they're missing a few key players or well, one uh one that i can think of right now but they really want to win and they've been playing outside of their talent right now i don't know how long that usually i mean it doesn't always last for, for a long period of time to play outside of your talent level but for now, they're doing it, and they're looking really good doing it. They're a team that I would not want to face in the playoffs. Uh, coming up, we have at four. We have the Celtics at 20, uh, 37 and twenty-one. We also have the Sixers at five, also sitting with the same record, thirty-seven and twenty-one. At six, you have the Nets. Uh, at seven, you have the Hornets at twenty-seven and thirty. You also have the Pistons bringing up the rear at twenty-six and thirty. And the Nets are looking at thirty and twenty-nine right now. So, at you know. Right after, right after you know, uh, four and five, you definitely see that drop off. The East always, you know, is is always lagging. Uh, but you do see some competition uh, within the top three. Uh, the top two specifically, the Bucks and the Raptors. Uh, you know, people you know like to talk a lot about the Warriors, but. I think one of those two teams, you know, might have a considerable chance. Uh speaking of the Warriors at least, uh we're going to the Western Conference now, and they are of course number 1 in the Western Conference. 41 and 16. Uh they were they've been pretty solid since uh DeMarcus Cousins has found his way into the starting lineup. Uh he did face some injuries as well, but they just so deep. I know a couple of their, other other starting five or people on that on that squad that's faced some injuries, but they're so deep in terms of their bench presence in terms of their starting five. That's not going to bother them right now. They're looking to be looking to take over the West and and just and just hold on to that for the rest of this year. I don't really see them going back and forth with the Nuggets between first and second season. That's just me. Uh, number two, like speaking of the Nuggets, that's who we have here. Thirty nine and eighteen, really surprising this year. However, uh, despite them being number two, uh, this is like a very really good number two. Uh, we were I at least wasn't expecting them to be a number two uh, at this late at this juncture in the season. Really good. On both sides of the ball, Nikola Jokic. A lot of those guys are stepping up uh, that you would not well know that you were pretty much expecting that it would come along. Uh, I guess it was a little bit too early. Jamal Murray, also the same thing. They're coming along very well. Uh, I, I, I think they're looking to um, make make a statement. I would not be surprised if you saw this team make it to the Western Conference Final, taking it taking it to the Warriors. Um, back to, you know taking it to the warriors and then put them up against the wall making the warriors earn something i would like to see uh if if the Warriors do end up winning, again, I just want to see them face some of the best competition, very stiff competition. I want the margin of, of victories to be very close because then it says at least, the, at least teams are coming along. At least teams are challenging them. I think the Nuggets are a team that could do that, uh, take them to at least six or seven games in the conference final, have some really competitive games with them. I'm looking at a great basketball series between the two of those guys uh, later on this year. And three, we have the Thunder. Of course, there's much to be said uh, for them as well. you got Paul George making it do. Uh, he could have been in L.A. right now. He could have been in all a, a lot of different places, but he decided to stay in OKC, and it's looking like it's helping out uh, him, and it's also helping out Russell Westbrook. Again, uh, his shooting percentage, people are talking about that again, but again, he's doing all he can to help out this squad. Uh, triple-double after the triple-double again. Uh, One, he's become a... Far superior pass than he has in in previous years. I love it. Uh, I'm looking. I, I'm rooting for those guys. Uh, just on a moral level, just because uh, just what all they've been through. Uh, I don't know if uh, how far they make it in terms of the playoffs, but they look like a pretty good, a pretty solid team as well. At number four, we have Blazers. They are 20, uh, 34 and twenty three. My favorite team. They are still in the mix. They're always within the mix. Uh, they stay pretty consistent, and I like it. Uh, they've made a few. Uh, Roster changes, of course, adding Rodney Hood to help out along the wing. I would have to find. I'm still trying to see how they can get rid of Evan Evan Turner's contract. It's it's a waste. It's some bullshit. But uh, they are settled with that contract. They are settled with Evan Turner. Uh, right now with just what's going on with the top three. I don't know if they if they crack into the top three, but they're definitely going to be a challenge. I think they could take out teams like the Rockets, uh, in my opinion, the Jazz, uh, even the Spurs, and possibly even the Clippers. You know, just based on you know how things match up. But as of now, it's looking more like they will face the Rockets in that first round. I like I like how we match up against the Rockets. Uh, Clint Capella has come back after missing 15 games. Yes, there's a lot to be said about what James Harden is doing. Uh, and look. Uh, well, let's just move on to the Rockets real quick. They are fifth right now, 33-24. and 24. But even with what Harden is doing, uh, they're, in my opinion, they're underachieving just a little bit. Uh, they could have been a lot better off. Well, they were projected to be a lot better off than this, at least number three right now. I think the Blazers could take them in the first-round series. Uh, I like that matchup for us. I like just how deep – I like how – I think we're a little bit deeper than Houston. Um Now, uh, they definitely have the James Harden factor, but I just feel like with Dame and CJ uh, and a healthy Nurkic and a healthy Aminu, people coming off our bench, Rodney Hood, so on and so forth. I just I just like our team a little bit better. I like how I I like uh I like how our team overall is stacked up against theirs. They have like I said they have two, they have James Harden they have cb three, but I don't know if that's enough to take out even the Blazers in my opinion, or to stay up with even the Jazz right now who are thirty two and thirty and twenty five. Uh, we also have the, the Spurs coming in here at seven. They are thirty three and twenty six, and finally rounding out the top eight, uh, we have the Clippers. They are thirty two and twenty seven. Uh, so for now, I'm gonna call it a wrap for today, y'all. Uh, My next episode again with all the news that I I covered uh, a couple things that I didn't get to. Uh, like I get, like like I said before, I will be getting to that twenty twenty election. We'll be going over some more candidates, uh, Republican and Democrat. Of course, I'll be talking about Bernie Sanders. He just made his pitch uh, recently, uh, to well his bid uh, known recently uh, to well for the twenty twenty election. Uh, so I will be talking about him again. We're gonna make it eat, uh, make it fair. We'll be talking about different um, different candidates and different parties. Of course. Uh, and also we'll be talking not just president races. Uh we'll be talking just uh politics in general. What will be on the well what will be pretty much um well let's just talk 2020. We'll be talking election 2020, all that. So don't worry about that. We'll be we'll be talking some more about that. I told you I wanted to break down uh part two of Kamala Harris. I want to talk about the interview I saw with her and Charlemagne the God that I thought was interesting and silly at the same time. We'll be talking about that as well. In terms of the sports, uh we'll be we'll be breaking down some more spring training. Oh. Before I step away for today, I want to talk about the big money deal for baseball. Uh, Manny Machado signed a a 10-year, $300 million deal with the San Diego Padres yesterday. This is the largest contract in North American history. Uh, He's a four-time All-Star, two-time Golden Glove winner, so he definitely deserves uh, some big money. Uh, The contract does have an an opt-out option after the fifth year, and it has a limited no-trade clause. Uh, He is currently 26 years old. Uh, And now, um, you know, his numbers are really great. Last year, he finished with a 297 average, 37 home runs. That is his fourth year with 30 home runs or more. He also had 107 RBI. So, again, as you can see, uh, he fills out a stat sheet. Uh, He's really good in all. all, He's a five-tool player. Actually, I would say a four-tool player. I think his defense, at least – Last year he plays uh short shortstop. He normally plays third, uh, but at least as shortstop his defense left a little bit to the desired, in my opinion. Uh, but this is a good uh, well this is a big move for San Diego, who has missed the playoffs for twelve straight years. Um, and over the past two years they paid four hundred seventy four million dollars in um in free agency. Uh, they played Eric, Eric Hosmer, a strong, prominent first baseman uh, from the Kansas City Royals originally. They paid him about $100 million for about eight years, and now they're paying Manny Machado. So three hundred, about $474 million over the past two years. They've only spent $309 million over the past 25 years before that. So they're looking to make some big things happen. Uh, I almost forgot to talk about that. In terms of what happens to Bryce Harper, I guess he gets something within the range of that. Maybe a little bit more. Depends on, you know, who's feeling who more. Um, But it definitely creates a precedent. And this was a large contract, but that just goes to show you baseball, big money. Kyle, Kyler Murray, you could have made if you had a million one day you're good enough to do that but now yes I am officially going to move on uh, I'm going to call it a wrap for today uh, we will when I come back uh, speaking of the MLB we will be going over some spring training some news from the MLB as well some more news there if anything happens with this Bryce Harper saga we will go over that um, we will be going off some NBA action again uh, we'll start covering, uh, covering covering some games next episode we'll cover some games and some scores of course we got the news going on whatever news going on there uh, we'll talking some playoffs off-seating if anything else we'll be talking some playoff seating uh we'll also be talking some nfl as well i know this is the offseason, but there is uh some stories to talk about uh well, for one, uh, Gronk may or may not be retiring. I also want to talk about the AAF, the, the AAF2, the new uh, upstart football league. There was some drama with them. There was some stuff going on with them as well. So we want to talk about them. And uh, also, of course, we have the world on the street. Like I said, I'm going to be this, uh, going over the presidential election next year. Just elections, period, in 2020, uh, they will be important. So we'll be talking about that. And, of course, whatever uh, pertinent news stories that do come across, my, my new sto, my new station. All right, y'all. So I'm gonna call it a wrap for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Y'all take care. One love. Peace out. And I'm out of here. Oh, in case you wanna look me up, you wanna follow me, I am on Instagram, L Jamal Johnny. That is E L J A M A H A D J A N I. That is also the same for my my Facebook, L Jamal Johnny. Once again, that is E L J A. M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. I'm also on Snapchat as well. You can look me up there. And that's going to be J Butler. All right, y'all. One love. I'm out of here.